unless this is your first time hearing the podcast. I don't know. It seems like everyone's listening to it in order, I think. I think. I mean, you don't have to. There's, I mean, unless we make a reference to, you know, a previous podcast. Well, we don't I, want them missing out on all of our great story and growth. <laughs> you know what? I'm not your dad. So if you, <laughs> if this is your first episode, welcome. I'm, I might be your dad. I've tried to make sure I'm not, but I, I don't know. Okay, well, you struggle with putting together the last couple years of your <laughs> life to see if you fathered any kids that could be listening to this. First off, I'd be impressed to, you know, it, you having a kid around, I don't know, let's see, shit, when the earliest that you'd be able to have a child. So you're, you're looking I mean, at probably it, like a six-year-old that's listening to podcasts? Oh, I, I could have a 14-year-old. I'm 34. I could have a 15 year old. The fuck? <laughs> when the hell are you? <laughs> I'm just trying to do the math in my head, which just shows how horribly that's going just because uh, cell phones and, you know, voice assistants, I kind of made it hard to just, you know, have those skills at the ready. That's not that hard of math. Come on, remember A squared plus B squared equals C squared, and that's how we divide. By negative numbers. All I remember is that <laughs> mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Damn straight. <laughs> uh, I want to take this moment just to apologize to some of the listeners. I was very animated in the last episode. I don't know why. I Maybe it had to do with just some... Alcohol? The, probably yeah. the alcohol. Alcohol. It, it was likely the alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Like if anyone had cocaine as a guess, it's like that was a good <laughs> guess, but no, no, like no, no, it's yeah, it's it's dangerous out there with uh, you know the whole fentanyl thing. Oh uh, my god, that's so wild! I, it's cocaine. Why is why do people have to mess with this and adding fentanyl? I I know it's just it's a cutting agent as a way to make it cheaper. But let the party people have their drugs. Well, that yeah, that I think the big news I heard, uh, what was it last week, was a uh, a few comedians had a had a party and it was a bad batch, and I think three of them died, and one is one survived. With, and I follow this comedian on Twitter, like the one that survived, uh, Kate Quigley. And uh, this is a great start to the podcast. Super just, you know, from the get-go, awesomeness. So I, mean, I apologize. Yeah. Hey, death is a real part of life. Just the last part. Yeah. I promise, I promise listeners, we're, we're fun at parties. <laughs> this isn't how we start off stuff. I like to talk about serial killers. So if you want to ask me about Ed Gein, I've, I know more than I should. Okay, you're, you're, you and your future girlfriend, who's probably a fan of My Favorite Murder, yeah. <laughs> will get along famously. But yeah, no, I was super animated in the last, uh, the last uh, episode. Uh, I don't know, maybe it was just because the joy of inviting, you know, your good friend, who's now probably a former friend, <laughs> after I just completely trashed him on my podcast just like with no. his whole like his burger sucks well his burger like the burger that he likes is great it's just like i thought mine was better and how dare he call it greasy hey he got his time to shine his time to tell us how terrible we are at photography 
And now we're going to spend the entire episode talking about how wrong he is. <laughs> and we know way more than he does because we yeah. uh, watched a video on YouTube once. Exactly. Yeah. That's how you're an expert at things. <laughs> um, I, uh, I know we didn't cover, a, I mean, I was going to follow it up with the whole, like, what do we do? You know, what are you, what are you up to? But, you know, we've, we see, we saw each other a couple of days ago because we, uh, we recorded on Sunday and now we're recording again Thursday. So it was, I, I only, you know, I saw you a few days ago. Yeah, not not much has changed. Um, I can say my parents are coming down to visit this weekend. Ooh. So yeah, I mean this will be fun. Uh, so so when are you gonna tell them? Huh? About us? About us? About about about, about the pod? About the podcast? Yeah, about no, not in a re- <laughs> not in a relationship. I wanted to make that joke, and then I was like, part of me's like, "Watch, wow, you're gonna get burned sometime." <laughs> like, what if? What if months from now, if this actually takes off and then like I meet a fan and she's like, Oh my God, I have the perfect person for you. And then it's just like me meeting up with some oh, guy so named. So many Stuart. things have to happen. And I just like, fuck. Like basically I, I just imagined an episode of Frasier where it's just like, Oh, he's probably gay. Cause he made that joke that wasn't a joke. <laughs> just, like and then I was just like ah no I I like women. I think <laughs> Stuart, you're okay. I'm sorry. I think you're okay. I think uh, too many things have to align in the stars before that scenario happens. Yeah, but it's like Wait, I, no, I like I like fantasy. to think that my life is a sitcom. Sometimes it's just a comedy of errors, and it's just like what I like. But Maybe yeah, we all need a laugh track. Yeah, I. It's funny. I don't have. I I bought one of those like little like little uh electronic thing that like has a bunch of like you know recorded like you know either canned laughter and like you know drum roll you know basically just like a sound like a sound um like a soundboard yeah soundboard yeah that's yeah. What, that was the word so and we can be like those wacky radio guys in the morning <laughs> hey everybody you're checking out gopher and the i don't know something <laughs> it's about like to call me a lizard I don't know. You can't have two animals. Someone has to be something and the gopher and the sleaze come to you live on the mornings on the fives and two fives and ten fives and twos five and tens. <laughs> I don't know. Just like I've, I've seen that bit on Family Guy so much. You'd think I would have had somewhere to go with it, but I just I just stopped. This is what happens when we don't drink before we start recording. All right. Lesson learned. We will revisit the drinking podcast episode and we'll mix up more of those cocktails. Oh, you know, no, there's going to be a sequel to, no, there's going to be a sequel to those epi- two episodes. And, and I mean, because it's not a lot of one and done. Otherwise, we're going to, there's only but so many topics that we're familiar true, with, true. you know, so we're going to revisit some of those because the whole point is to make progress. It's not just to be like, hey, here's something to start and then just drop and never try again. Yeah, a little something to learn and grow. Yeah, because, I mean, we did the sewing episode, and then mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're going to stop sewing. No, I've actually started my project. Uh, I've cut out a couple pieces. I've sewn a couple of darts. Yeah, maybe we can do that as the Halloween episode. Show yeah. your, you know, the progress full circle of this suit you're making. I'll, I'll take progress photos. Yeah, there you go. And then we'll have one big episode where it just, like, just goes through the whole thing and just, like, what a bitch it was or something. Fucking sleeves. They're the always they're always the worst, and that's what I'm going to be bitching about. Save it for the episode. No, that's, that's, my episode. Te- that's my tease. 
But anyway, go back to uh, so your parents coming down this weekend. Uh, where are you going to take them? You yeah, finally decided uh, on where your what your itinerary is. Um, so I mean, it's a little loose, but when they come down Friday, we're going to hit up the warehouse for dinner uh, over in Marina. Yep. Hopefully, catch the sunset because that's a beautiful spot. Great. Uh, yeah, that, that's a great, great outdoor, view. Uh, like not deck, but uh, well, kind pat- of deck. outdoor it's kind patio. Of, yeah. Um. So that's great. Uh. I believe Saturday, we're going to head up to Simi Valley for the Reagan Library. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of plans to go through that day, but I, I want to check out Duke's for food in Malibu. Okay. So, I mean, if we're going to go to Simi, we, we should go to Malibu because Malibu's way better. So you're better. just doubling down on just going further out. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of the same distance. <laughs> it's, it's on the way. Okay. Well, don't, don't drink too much because then you're going to have to go down PCH. Which is great. I mean, by the time you yeah. are done, you're probably going to be driving as the sun sets, which is the best thing you could probably do in LA is just drive down PCH at oh, sunset. Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. You know? But uh, keep your eyes on the road because, you know, that's the one thing about PCH is, you know, people be crashing and dying there. <laughs> yeah. You never know if Caitlyn Jenner is also driving on the road. <laughs> Yeah, she's, I'm guessing she has a very empty schedule seeing as the recall uh, failed completely, which good was pretty funny because, you know, as, you know, a lot of liberals were just like, like, oh, you know, it has a good chance of failing. It's like everyone's just sh- shocked with PTSD just from 2016. It's like we don't trust yeah. any poll. It could be like 99% we're going to win. It's like, no, no, we got to wait till it's over. Look, the polls might be right. They might be wrong. It doesn't matter. The point is, like, we got to get out to vote. We got to get out to vote. It's like, what? 2016 said, no, 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 no. It's, you got to make sure to vote. You need to earn (laughs) that sticker, damn it. (laughs) But, but yeah, so yeah, we're not going to dwell on that just because, you know, it turned out fine. It's like, let's get back to business of just trying to get rid of COVID, which they've, they're doing now with, um, requiring all bars and, I think it's just like bars and I, I don't know if it's also restaurants. I think it's mostly bars and basically any indoor events that you need proof of vaccination. Yes. I've given my parents the heads up like you need to have your vaccination card and you need to be wearing masks and, or at least have it with yeah, you. Yeah, have because, a mask. I mean, when you're outdoors, it's fine. Nobody's really on you about being outdoors with masks. I mean, as long as it's not like a big gathering, like, you know, if you're going to a sporting event or anything. But I mean, in a restaurant, if you're an outdoor patio, everyone's spaced out. Yeah, you're not going to. Yeah, you don't need. Exactly. When we go to the library, I don't know what to expect, but be prepared. They're probably going to have, yeah, masks. Yeah, so they they should be fine. And then, um, oh, uh, Sunday, I'm going to try to take them to Warner Brothers Studio and do the Backlot Tour. Ooh, that's Which gonna will be, be fun. fun. I still that's haven't done fun. that. I'm excited. I know they added some new stuff. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, no. It's like let me know. Let me know what it all entails because I know there's some new stuff out there that I, I think I um, I remember, but I don't know. Like yeah, so yeah, let me know about that. That should be fun. Um, I, the thing is, there's three different tours you can take, but they've canceled two of them, so you can just do the like the basic <laughs> tour. It's like we got the tour, and that's yeah. it. That's it. Just the tour. We just—it was a drive-by. Like, you don't like it? Fuck off. <laughs> um, I, I will say it looks like this one's pretty lengthy. It's like a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. 
A three-hour oh, tour. Man. <laughs> um, so you I'm, know, I can't wait to make that reference when it's sixty, and they're like, nobody knows it except old ass motherfuckers like us. <laughs> I'm shocked. I know the reference. It, when I heard three hours, it was the first thing that came to my mind. I don't think I've ever watched an actual episode of Gilligan's Island. Wait, you Island. haven't seen an episode of Gilligan's Island? From the, from start to finish, I don't think Not I've watched Not even one. Them. Not no. one. I know the premise. I've seen clips. But I don't think I've ever oh sat God, down and watched. Man, that's like that's what you get. The luxury of, you know, being living in Northern California. We can just like go run around and play outside or some shit. I remember whole <laughs> summers where you're just at home and they're just like TV and, you know, TV in the morning. Which back then wasn't filled with what normally passes for, you know, entertainment in the morning, which is just, you know, talk shows, judge shows, stuff like that. So yeah. you get like, you know, reruns of Gilligan's Island or I Love Lucy. Hey, listen, I watched a lot of The Price is Right. <clears throat> um, I've seen all those Spider-Man cartoons. Yeah, but they didn't have it every day. Like, I mean, they had some cartoons in the morning, early in the morning, but yeah. It was, you know, it was, was that like either Saturday like, morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they had some early in the morning before, like the news got. I don't know for some weird reason they had that. But yeah, then uh, you know, growing up in a, a smaller city, I was able to jump on the bike, go ride around, hang out with other kids, play baseball, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 lived in the town of Stranger Things or whatever. I don't. Yeah, know. it was great. <laughs> now, um. Uh, speaking of uh, Hollywood, um, I saw this story and I just wanted to bring it up just because it's vague enough that it's just like, oh, you know, it allows us to kind of just like, you know, kind of just uh, imagine just what's going on or just imagine like our take of this. Okay, what's going on? Um, so they're planning to remake The Bodyguard. Why? <laughs> uh i don't know i mean they're just it's you know the studios just got in a mood or i guess or um but yeah it, uh let's see uh, the bodyguard is getting a remake warner brothers is ordering uh a new version um let's see i'm just trying to see uh they haven't cast anyone but so my saying i have was, a chance <laughs> Yeah, your nascent uh, acting career that you're going <laughs> to springboard off of this podcast. That's why I agreed to this. Yeah, the, I, I see the long game. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, no one's attached. It was just it's just something that came out in the trades. And uh, some of the news anchors like the news anchor at on KTLA. Well, the entertainment reporter. Um, uh, damn, why am I blanking on this name? Um, so anyway, they came up with a couple suggestions that they were kicking around in the office. And so I thought just this might kind of just like springboard, just like what our take would be. Uh, so here's a suggestion. Here's three suggestions. Okay. First one, Rihanna and Chris Hemsworth. I mean, I would watch that. Yeah, no, I I would watch watch that. I would at the very least watch the trailer. I, I think that would work. Turn. No, I think that would work. I think they'd have chemistry. I mean, well, first off, it's Rihanna. I mean, anyone had, could have chemistry. Yeah. She's just hot. Rihanna. She's Rihanna. She's just hot. She's She's just got gorgeous. that kind of alluring look and just like, and then, you know, Chris Hemsworth, you know, just keep him in shape and there you go. Uh, um, she was my favorite part of Battleship. 
<laughs> terrible. That great cinema terrible classic. <laughs> Where we have to beat the aliens by <laughs> just like basic coordinates. Yeah. Don't <laughs> we just shoot have to guess. They... We don't have radar or sonar, whatever the fuck. The big twist. Don't shoot where they are. Shoot where they're going. That was literally a line. That I never saw Battleship. That was literally a oh, line. Oh, yeah. And and the guy learned it from Sun Tzu. Oh, God. And like, I, I, you completely misunderstood the book. Wow. And, I, I'm um, a, I feel bad for Sun Tzu. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like no, this was, it was terrible. Okay, so here's here's the second suggestion. Ariana Grande and Michael B. Jordan. Which I was like, no, I'm not into it. It's like Ariana is too small and Michael B. Jordan. I don't know. It's just like the size differential is very creepy in that situation. (sighs) Well, okay. As someone being protected, I guess, Ariana. Ariana is actually not that bad as an actress. I've been impressed with the few things I've seen her in. No, no, no. Um, This is not about her acting ability. It's just the pairing of her with Michael B. Jordan. I don't know. It just feels like. I don't know. She just feels, she just looks too tiny for him. And it's like, it just looks weird. I mean, it's better than her and uh, Pete Davidson. <laughs> Can you imagine Pete Davidson as the bodyguard? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would watch that movie. I would watch that SNL sketch. How about yes. that? <laughs> I'd watch that SNL sketch. Pete Davidson as the bodyguard would just be him running away. Yeah. Oh man. Complaining okay, so, has been shot at. And so this last one, this one is actually pretty good too. Uh Dua Lipa and Drake. I am not the target demographic for that movie. No, well, I think Drake would Drake would kill it. Like he he's got the charisma and just like, you know, just being like the the big bodyguard. Dua Lipa. Um, she's great. Her music is pretty good. Um, I think she she was in something. I don't remember. But I I think she was in some kind of she was she acted in something. I forget what it was, but Well, it could have been anything better than Degrassi High. <laughs> hey man, hey, Drake has the acting chops. <laughs> I could see him do that. Uh and then someone even joked around just like have them switch, like Dua Lipa is the bodyguard protecting Drake, which I was just like, Oh, maybe they could do a kind of like a a gender they, reverse where it's just yeah, like they uh, could. The, the female is the bodyguard protecting the uh, the the guy. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe that could work. So I was just trying to think. It's just like, oh, Yo, who would we Ronda, ca- Who would I cast? Or who would you cast? Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. As the bodyguard. As the bodyguard. But then who's the man? Like the, the, the guy. Like it has to be a singer because it's just like, it's like her and uh, what was what Who would, who would it be? Um... I know you want to say, I think. No, I want to go comedy and just like Kevin Hart as the <laughs> singer. It's funny you said, uh, you're close, but uh, actually, what was living in my heart was The Rock. <laughs> I, I want her to protect The Rock. Oh, God. And I want him to have like no fighting ability at all. Like, it's all for show. <laughs> the, these, these are all like they're, they're all They're all show muscles. Yeah, they're yeah. All just, no, they're, they're, there's no function. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I could see that. <laughs> but, or like he's just a full-on pacifist oh, and man. refuses to fight. And just him singing, have the rock sing. I would, I would need Ronda Rousey to protect everyone from <laughs> the rock singing. How about that? <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, uh, no, who would it be? Who would it be? Uh, who's a great like female singer that you can kind of just like? 
Yeah, there's too many like there's too many of those young singers right now. I don't know. Um, I know I'm so out of the uh, the music. No, no, because that's the thing. You could do so like well. First off, Beyonce is too big of a star to do a movie like this. Yeah, she would have a team of bodyguards. Yeah, yeah, and well, it's just the whole. It's Beyonce. Like she doesn't have to be a movie if she doesn't want to. She's not going to be in this. She Mariah Carey is too pat. Like, no offense, uh, Mariah Carey's too past for this. It's just like oh, not yeah, that no, she's, she's. It's not an old thing. It's just like I don't know. It just uh, who would she, she kind of got a little goofy towards she, the end. Yeah, who would she have kind of like chemistry with? They feel like she'd be too good. She would think like she's too good for anybody. Yeah, she definitely has that. Deal it would, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have that convincing twist at the end where just like oh okay she falls in love with whoever the guy is. But I don't know. Uh, that was my corner kind of thing. It just, it didn't seem like much, but. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's always weird. What movies get remade? Which ones don't? And they always want to make like remakes of really good movies. Like, oh, everybody liked it the first time. Yeah. So we'll just do it again. Yeah. But I mean, that just speaks to a bigger symptom of um, just people. Like when people complain, like, oh, Hollywood's run out of ideas. And like. No, Hollywood hasn't run out of ideas. It's just no one pays to see original shit. It's true. Like the best example I always come like that has popped up a lot every time we, you know, talk about like, oh, when something gets closed down or, you know, the end of a run of something like, uh, oh, like that, like the Barnes and Noble that used to be on Third Street Promenade on okay. Third and Wilshire. And, you know, they were they were closing and people were like. Oh my God, that's so sad that it's closing. It's like, oh, we should do a petition. And I'm like, I wanted to yell at these folks. You know what would have saved the store? If you actually bought something in the fucking store. All right. That's the thing. Everyone wants to bitch and complain about Uh like, oh, why doesn't this thing keep going? It's because no one supports it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. It's like no one wants to see an original story, or no one pays for that in the theater. But they'll gladly, you know, pay hand over fist to see the next Marvel movie. And, and not that's and not a slam. So yeah, that's not a slam on Marvel movies. All right, I'm there. It's just oh, the yeah. fact that you know I'm also there for some of the great, like you know, new stuff that you know doesn't have like isn't a sequel or a remake. And yeah. nobody else goes see it because like, oh, well, you know, I'll just catch it when I catch it. And, you know, that's the thing. If if you don't see it, they're going to stop making them. And, it, you know, not all of them are going to be good, but it's worth going out to see them just to show support. Um, I just went and saw Malignant. It, it, it wasn't good. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> but I kind of enjoyed it. In a weird way, it was both a little different and everything I've already seen before. Yeah, but I feel like that kind of, that speaks more to the genre of horror movies. True. Because horror movie fans show up for for a new horror movie. Yeah, we do. Right? Because it's more about the genre than it is about kind of just the story. Because they're just like, you know, it's a horror movie. I got to see what's coming out because, you know, yeah, it's like horror some... movie fans, like keep up. Same with like Marvel fans. Like, you know, you got to keep up with the next one. Yeah. You know, I, whatever I new some, one. Uh... I mean, granted, Marvel is like one consolidated company, whereas horror sure. movies is just a genre. So any movie that's a horror movie, some, you know, there's going to be a group of people that are going to turn out. 
need to learn about who the next big monster is that's terrorizing everything. Yeah. And then, you know, they want to see just like, yeah, because, you know, there could be a new director that has a new take on the genre. And then there's just like, oh, I remember seeing that guy, that guy's movie when, you know, there was only like me and eight other people <laughs> at the theater. Yes. And it's just like now he's a big superstar in horror movies and stuff like that. But yeah, there's there's very few movies. Um, and, you know. Yeah, that's how actually how you end up watching like an old James Gunn movie and go, oh, this guy could be fun. And then now he's doing superhero movies. Yeah. And uh, when I was, you know, scrolling through YouTube and um, one of the uh, one of the reaction videos about Scott Pilgrim versus the world, it's like, I have not seen this movie. I've never heard anyone talk about this movie, but everyone who mentioned who says anything about it, it's like, it's the best movie ever. And I still remember being in the theater, seeing Scott yeah. Pilgrim and then seeing the horrid box office results was because fantastic. it was i was so stoked about the movie since i first saw that trailer yeah, it and then i thought amazing. everyone's going to go see this and it turns out no nobody went to see this <laughs> and it really is such a great movie yeah and it and that was the thing and and then at the end it just ends up being a thing where it's just like oh you know it's a cult classic because eventually people wise up but that's because you know no one was there in the beginning it is but people need to learn their lesson because at this point I don't even need to see a trailer if I see Edgar Wright's name on a movie I'm in yeah so he's got a new one coming out um oh a night um, in Soho right, right last night in Soho last night in Soho it looks fantastic yeah and it looks different, unique. I don't think anybody's well, I mean, going to go it, see it. I mean, it helps that it has Anya Taylor-Joy. True. You know, uh, who we're going to reference later in the episode. It's not going to be shocked to the listener because it's going to say on the title and the description what the fuck we're all talking about. So, Y'all know way more than I do. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just new stuff. You got to show up for it yeah like, i was i was pretty bummed that i didn't go see the green knight i was really stoked about it but with the rise of the delta variant i was like it kind of kept me away from theater so i'm gonna catch it when it's on demand which I've, i think is on demand right already but yeah. i've been in my own head i didn't even realize it already came out yeah because i'm excited for that one yeah i know it, it the trailer is just amazing and i i wanted to see it but then the whole delta variant thing and it's just like uh like even how i went to go see shang chi oh yeah i waited until sunday night and i found a theater with just like few people because like you know man it's look everyone's trying to be safe but you know there's going to be an asshole it's like i'm not going to wear a mask because nobody's here but because everyone's here and i don't fucking feel like it or no one can see me and if for some horrible reason you catch it you don't want to sit there at home going the reason i got this was so i could go see a superhero movie yeah which again it's not hurting for my business no it's i could have yeah i could waited you know, whatever, however long, which I think it was like 45 days, I think is yeah, the maximum much. release window. And then it's going to be on Disney plus or whatever. And so, yeah, so I was like, I could have just fucking waited, but I was like, I'm going to check Sunday night. Cause it was Labor Day weekend. And then, um, yeah. And then, yeah, I found a theater where there was like only maybe like eight people and everyone was spaced out enough. So I was like, all right, I'm going to just do that. Yeah. I'm a little bit more bold and was like, all right, I'm going to go out that Thursday and make sure I see the first few showings uh, because I needed to, to know what happened. I needed. I'm addicted to Marvel superhero movies. Mm-hmm. It's bad. 
Um, I also wanted to bring up another just kind of topic about, you know, because, you know, just yeah. we our topic is just like to live, you know, we call it to live and try in L.A. And I figure we need more kind of just like what it's like being in L.A. or just one of the things that are different. And it just got me to thinking about the geography of Southern California, because I mean, it's. I well, love, we I the love the sprawl. Maps? No, 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 no. This isn't election. Okay. No, no. This isn't political. We already did our political bit just right there about just talking about. No, but just how where people are in the city and just like just the in the the you know you the population density. No, not the population. The population is you only hang out with people who are live in certain areas. Like I'm, this is, this is me shouting out to all our friends who live in further areas that keep us from hanging out normally. Like, you know. Yeah. All of those great coworkers we have, uh, from back in the day who live in the Valley and you know, I miss them. Never going to see them ever again. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, just a heartbreak of just like, just imagine a situation. You're at a bar and, uh. You meet this, you know, you look across the, you know, across the space and you see, you know, you see a lovely young lady and, you know, you get to talking and it's just like, oh, you're hitting it off. You have everything, you know, working well. And then you're just like, oh, you know, I got to go home, but, uh, you know, we should, we should exchange numbers. And then it's like, oh, where do you live? And they'll say something like Encino, Thousand Oaks or something like that. Like, Whoa. <laughs> just Well, that's the that's the classic joke of Los Angeles. Right? You meet the dream person, you meet you know, your soulmate, and you connect on every different level. But they live in the valley, so fuck it. Or they live in they they could live in like the I Oh, the IE? That's the even worse. IE. Oh my god. The IE as an in inland empire for those who aren't familiar. But yeah, it's just it's it's far. It's freaking far. And it's just, it's kind of that thing where you just have to end the night with, well, it was great seeing you. I hope you have a great life because yeah. we're never going <laughs> to hang out again. Goodbye forever. Because, yeah, some people live in certain areas where it's just like, it might as well be Europe. You're never going. And that's rough because, I mean, there are good places out there. You know, I don't think I could ever date a woman that lived in Pasadena. It's just too far. But I love Pasadena. Oh, it's no, a I like wonderful Pasadena. place. No, it's just I have, to like, dri- I have to drive there just because I was <laughs> I was dropping some stuff off for a friend. But just yeah, it's, well, you got family out there now. Yeah, yeah. So but, that's I, so that's why I like oh, you know like plus I like Pasadena. I like Old Town. Shout out to Old Town. Oh yeah, Old Town's fantastic. Oh, and especially shout out to Kings Row. who Ooh. have an amazing burger there. Great burger. Oh, uh, man. First introduced me to a pineapple uh, cider. Yes. That was, that was delightful. That was a, I think I had a cherry cider. It was super red. I remember <laughs> the the fucking glass and it was just like, it just looked like a, it just, it, it looked like wine. It's like someone just filled a, a freaking pint glass with wine. But it was just, yeah, it was a nice. like cherry cider. Nice. Which I was like, damn, it tastes so delicious. It It was just a great time. That was a great time. We should, we need to go back out there again. Um, uh, that, why? 
<laughs> it's, it's too far. <laughs> I know. I, you're I just like, there's plenty reason. of places here in Culver City we could do. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was, first it's like, oh, I've got like three bars in walking distance. But after the whole lo- uh, lockdown and everything, all I can think is, I mean, there's a Vons nearby and I can just get a <laughs> case of something. For a fraction of the price. Yeah, no, yeah. The reason you're going out to a bar just because you want to hang out with other people, but that's the catch-22 is like, I don't 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 know if I'm ready to see everybody. I'm just more saying, like, I'll see some people, but I don't want to just see random strangers because then I'm like, I don't know. And the challenge is that, like, even if you do want to go out, meet a bunch of different strangers, have a good time, the people that want to go out right now are the people I don't want to talk to. (laughs) I mean, unless they're at like a bar that's like vaccinated only. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, either either I'm meeting someone responsible or a liar. Um, Actually, that reminds me of something uh, interesting. So I was at a concert in San Diego not that long ago. Yeah, we did cover. And it was a great time. They checked everybody's vaccination card uh, or negative test. Mm -hmm. And I just found out that not from that show, but two band members have contracted uh, COVID. Oh, not from the show. Not from that particular show, but they've been so safe at, at all of their shows and they're doing the best they can and still two of the band. I mean, there's like eight people in the band. Yeah, no, I'm uh, not surprised because I mean, like uh, Kiss had an issue with like... That's the thing. Everyone's really? vaccinated, but I think uh, Paul Stanley got COVID, Ooh, and then damn. and then afterwards, Gene Simmons tested positive. But they said that they're all recovering, and good, it's like good. they were fine. They, were, you know, because I mean, everyone's vaccinated, so I mean, they were just like they probably had a mild version of disease. Which even you know the reports are that like even if it's mild, it's like it still sucks. Oh yeah, it still sucks. It's just the the whole like, well, I'm not gonna die. That's the only <laughs> that's the only difference. Yeah, but, as long as I don't have to have a tube down my throat. Yeah, nobody, <sighs> no, nobody wants that. Nah, <laughs> nobody wants that. I can safely say that. But yeah, no, it's just the the. But back to the whole geography of Los yeah. Angeles, just the. Like, I remember a friend of mine who once met a girl online, and she lived in Apple Valley. I don't even know where uh, that is. It's basically, so if you decide, hey, I need to go, I want to go to Vegas, it's along that way. That's way too far of a destination. Yeah, like, that is, yeah, it's, wow. Yeah, it's when you're getting out to the kind of like the, the the high desert. I mean, I don't even want to go to Echo Park. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm we're in the marina or we're in Mar Vista like we're we're close to Venice yeah we're on the west side so yeah it's, it's I don't want to go downtown I don't want I you know what I would if I met a girl and she lived downtown I would go to downtown and you want to know why because downtown is just a short trip away to little Tokyo which is where I love hanging out that's a good spot <laughs> I love little Tokyo I love Chinatown Love the arts district, and just like, and that's all like in downtown. It's all downtown, you know. Whatever, you know the song. Unless no, you're a Zoomer, I, then I don't. Know, I don't recognize that. I'm, I'm going to need a few more, a uh, few more notes, man. No, I'm not going to sing that <laughs> shit. Oh, um, and I was brave enough to even barely get two tune, two little notes. And the the challenge is also 
parking. Parking is the worst. Yes, parking in downtown is terrible. Now, if you can take the the train down there, it's fantastic. But uh, even then, like trying to take the train back home is terrible because first you got to make sure you get it before they stop running it. And you don't know what kind of sketchy ass people are going to be on with you. Well, let's see. Well, I know the weekends, well, in the before time, we take the train, they, they, you know, they kept running till like around 1am, I think. But that's not late enough. I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, but. I mean, just imagine if we have any. I mean, I don't know what the schedule is now. I mean, post pandemic. Well, I mean, we say post, but I mean, it's still happening. Yeah. I, I'm just imagining it, us having a listener in New York who's like, wait, one? One a.m.? Yeah, yeah. We don't go like, out to the bars yeah, until we, one a.m. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing about New York. They go hard. They they got like, what? They got bars that like close at like four. Yeah. I mean, oh. L.A., we have all kinds of bars, all like every location, different themes. But L.A. is really not like an, a 24-hour city. It yeah. really, it no, really shuts no. down. It's, no, it shuts down. And I mean, it makes sense because, you know, it's because bec- it's because of the sprawl. Yeah. Because we don't have, we, we have a lot of, you know, family, single family homes. So it kind of spreads it out. So you keep, you know, there's only but so much, you know, so many people in a certain area. And, you know, True. whereas if we had more apartments or high rises, you would have more amenities that are open later because, you know, just people are around that area and just that stuff. But, but yeah, no, it just, I, you know, if, if I meet a, if I meet a girl, a very, you know, nice girl, like, I don't know, maybe I can go to like Studio City. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, I mean, I, it'd be fine seeing her in the valley, you know, after the fall. Just because it's also hot as balls out there. Oh, <laughs> That's so the thing is. I hate. You know, out there and then also like if you, oh my God, can you imagine like trying, if you were seeing someone like, like in Newport Beach? Ooh, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 nope. Uh, I lived down in Orange County for a little while. Um, I lived in Costa Mesa and I, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's not my scene those those are people with money or people who are children yeah, but, of people with money yeah, but you don't know what if it's like an OC type of situation you're the guy from the wrong side of the tracks and you know she's kind of just this like pampered princess they are so pampered down there I talked to somebody who's from there and I told them I did not know Laguna Beach was a real place until I moved there and <laughs> I, I broke them. They, they, they were, they stopped completely. They, they couldn't comprehend the idea that people don't give a shit about the Orange County. Oh yeah. No, I, yeah, I've lived in LA my whole life. I don't give Oof. a fuck about Orange County. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Yeah. No, it's just like their big claim to fame was like the OC. Or the movie Orange County, which good movie, I, which is a good movie. <laughs> that's a that's a good movie. <laughs> Shout Jack out to Black. Colin Hanks, yeah, the the good Hanks son. Like yeah, not <laughs> <laughs> the good Hanks son. <laughs> He's just not as musically inclined as his brother. Oh my God! Oh Chet Hayes, Jesus. 
We can maybe we'll get Chet Hayes to put down the uh, the soundtrack for our podcast. Oh, God. You know, no. Intro, outro. I will unsubscribe from Come this on. podcast if I heard that. Come on, it's White Boy Summer. <laughs> it's White Boy Summer. God. <laughs> At least he clarified and made sure. Like, no, not the, not the white boys that are running with Trump. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that didn't really help his case either. No, not at all. He even had like a music video of him and a bunch of like black women and just bouncing on their butts. He was just bad. Yeah. Was so bad. Oh my God. Yeah. Now, yeah. For, we are firmly in the Colin Hanks side. We're yes. in Team Colin, not, not Team Chet. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, and I just. I don't know. I just thought about the whole, like, just the distance. Like, because the distance keeps you away from some, like, great restaurants. It really does. Uh, I mean... Just the San Gabriel Valley, just because that's the big... If you want great, authentic Chinese food, you go to the San Gabriel Valley. Okay. You know, uh, but it's still, like, a trek. It's a trek. And it's... And that's also what... I love about Los Angeles. It's just like, you know, if you want to go to, you know, the good stuff that's, you know, not just at your doorstep, it's like you make that trip. But that's the thing. It's like for, for a restaurant, it's like, yeah, you can make a day of it. But also, but if you're doing it to see a person, that gets a little tiring. Just having yeah. to make that long drive to wherever. Yeah, because the restaurant, that's a one-off. Yeah. But you, if you're seeing You know a what's going to happen. You're going to go there. You're going to have a great meal. You might see some cool shops around there. And then you go home and it's just like, oh, man, that was awesome. It was a good day. Yeah, you say oh, you want to do it again? You want to yeah. do it again tomorrow? And the day after that? No, I, and after that? How many times do you want me to go up? Yeah. I think I'll pass. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. But I don't know. Um Shout out to those long distance. That's that's Los Angeles long distance. Those yeah. LA long distance relationships. Shout out to you guys if you manage to make it work somehow. Because yeah. damn, good for you. Good for you. It's like maybe that's where Google Maps becomes your best friend. Yes, that, that's that's your wingman. Your wingman is you know ways. Yeah, but the restaurant scene in LA is amazing because we have all the types of food in the world here. And anywhere you go around LA, there's good food. Um, I actually have a, a relatively new taco truck that's posted up down the street from me, and their carne asada is amazing. Wait, is this a new truck or is this that same truck that I always see in <laughs> around your place? Um, it, it's relatively new. They've started posting up last month or two. Oh, okay. Um, but they all look the same. You know, it's just it's a white taco truck. It's nothing well, fancy. No, some of them have the, you know, the LED boards where like the, the text yeah. scrolls left to right to left. Um, but if you go there, you have to get the carne asada. It's amazing. It's yeah. really, really good. Oh man. Um, I'm still thinking about the time we went to 90 tacos, 1986 with That's a good one. Uh, I think that was that Labor Day weekend, right? Yeah. Um, and they did those wonderful quesadilla. Tacos, which is basically yeah, just just uh, they 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 melted the cheese and they fry or on the flat top uh, they they fried no not fried no it's just like they I mean they yeah they they melt the cheese on the tortilla and then they throw the uh, taco filling in and then they just kind of fold that up and then you're like I guess that's a quesadilla I mean it is I mean shit man it was delicious I don't give a fuck what they it was it was really good. 
wasn't what we were expecting, but it was really yeah, no, good. It, yeah, when I saw quesadilla, I thought like, oh, you know, it's going to be the typical kind of just like the flour tortilla folded in sure. and stuff with whatever. But no, it's just the same tortilla, but... But yeah, I just like, like a just taco like size. Like yeah, they, the 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 cheese kind of like burned up a little, like you know, just like so it's yeah, like so kind of like solid. Shout out to Tacos uh, 1986. Yeah, yeah, they're doing well. I mean, they had a location in downtown, <laughs> which is where they first started, and now they're in West uh, Westwood. Westwood. I was and, gonna say uh, Westchester, and I was like, that's <laughs> a completely different area. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know. Where are we at? Oh, we've been talking like 45 minutes. Okay. Um, no, I think we can go to our topic then. And then if anything, we can kind of just circle back and do whatever. Okay. Today's topic is, do you want to take a guess? Skydiving. Yes. It, no, it's not skydiving. <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> that is something like... Uh, Oddly enough, my mom, she's like, oh, if, you know, I want to go do skydiving one day. And I'm just like, oh, that's great. But then also kind of just like, are you going to be okay, though? It's like, she's not likely to catch COVID. No, no, it's, that's true. But you just, yeah, you know, it's like last thing I want to do is just like she jumps out of a plane that her heart gives out or some shit. I mean, not that, you know, anything serious, heart condition like that. But, you know, it's just like, you know, you're concerned. you know, it just kind of just like, yeah, it's it's a little scary thing. And just, <laughs> like, let me put it this way. It's like some people are like not like afraid of roller coasters. Like there, so there's this um, there's this news uh, news reporter on KTLA named Christina Pascucci. Okay. Very gorgeous, which is probably one of the reasons why I watch KTLA when she's on. But anyway, she she flies um, like you know those uh, aircrafts, you know those small planes. Yeah, yeah. Now that's the thing where I would find you know a little unnerving, just because you know they tend to crash, especially the last couple months. You like I've seen a story like a story a month where just like those small planes have just like fell out of the sky, people inside just gone. Well, and Harrison she's just Ford like, oh, needs you to know. stop flying. Yeah, and she's just like. Oh, you know, but I, you know, like, yeah, if you have to maintain the aircraft and you have to know what you're doing and, and all this stuff, that's, that to me is just like, how are you not scared of that? But she has gone on record saying that she's afraid of roller coasters. And I'm just like, how the roller coaster is on a track. All right. It's, yeah. you're in there. You're in there. With a lot it's, of safety precautions. Yeah. There's safety precautions. That little tiny plane one little thing can malfunction and you are fucked. You're di- You're going down. You're going yeah, down. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, if she says like carnival rides, you know, the ones they pop up. Okay. Yeah. That's, I've seen those videos totally, like carnival totally get rides it. where like things go sideways and then you're like, Oh shit, it. this is about to tip over. <laughs> but no, it's like roller coaster. I'm like, uh, like, you know, if you go to yeah, again, six, six flags, flags, yeah, you know, you're, you're safe in there. I love going to Magic Mountain. That's a great spot. Yeah, but yeah, like, oh man, we should talk about roller coasters and <laughs> we, we will do that. We we should get back out there just because yeah, I do miss I do miss roller coaster. But no, the topic the topic warfare is not warfare. Well, in a way, it is. Uh, no, the topic for this episode is chess. Chess. Yes. Military strategy. Well, not nah, well, kind of. Um, but yeah, no, like uh, I'm talking about the world's oldest game. I think 
I don't know if Moncala probably predates it. No, no, no. It was in Africa. But anyway, so chess is just a wonderful hobby. Uh, was a like fun game. I should know because, you know, growing up, I played, I learned how to play chess uh, in high school. And it's pretty much kind of just like through high school and college. It's kind of been a part of my life. Now, like a lot of people know how to play chess, but you took the time to like learn chess proper. Like you're, you got good at it. Well, well, if you ask me if I competed in a tournament, no, but just cause that was, that was a whole thing. But anyway, the reason I bring up chess is just because there's been a resurgence. I don't know if you noticed. Tyler. Uh, yeah, more I noticed. People talk about chess a little more. The the people at the coffee shop I hang out at, <laughs> they throw down hard. I I did not know there was that much uh, trash talk involved in chess. I would just be hanging out reading a book, enjoying some uh, coffee, and these guys are going at it. Yeah, well, yeah. The t- uh, unless you grew up in New York, yeah. There's a lot of tr- like, yeah, you yeah, all those hustlers because yeah, New York. Is basically the home of chess trash talk. But no, I was saying that uh, you might have seen a resurgence just because of a certain Netflix series called The Queen's Gambit, starring Anya Taylor-Joy. Oh. Yeah. So I you, still haven't watched it. Yeah, no. Well, you should watch it. No, it's, it. so it's a very list. great drama. At first, I was like, oh, you know, it's it's like, I don't know. Like, I'll watch it just because, like, oh, whatever. But yeah, no, it's a very well done series. I hear nothing the, but great things. The performances are amazing. You know, it has um, Thomas Brody Sanger who played uh, Jojen Reed in Game of Thrones. Oh He's yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, and and just Anya just knocks it out of the park. She she is right to get all the accolades that she did for that show, and that's the thing. Uh, be, after that series came out. There was a rise in, you know, chess as a search term on, you know, Google. Okay. And chess sets sales just skyrocketed because, you know, you had girls and also boys who wanted to learn chess because of the series. Or guys and guys and gals because, I mean, the series is a bit, it's not too adult, but it's just like, yeah, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a drama, but. Well, in terms of things that people saw on TV and want to do in real life, this is probably one of the better things. Yeah, better than getting a tiger cub and starting your own yes. zoo. But yeah, no. Um. So yeah, so that's so our topic is chess and just what it takes to get started. Because some people saw the Queen's Gambit and they're just like, oh, I want to get in on this. And it can also be overwhelming. And also, I had like a friend reach out and they're just like, hey, can you teach my friend how to, you know, play chess? I know you played chess before and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, yeah, you know. Well, I mean, first off, I mean, there's plenty of resources to learn chess. But I wanted to say just how learning chess has completely changed from when I started. Really? Yeah, because uh, so growing up back in the late 90s, you know, just the only way you can learn is just like it's a book or someone to teach you. But now yeah. the chess scene is incredibly different. You have chess streamers, chess YouTubers. Oh, yeah. You have online uh, chess platform platforms where you can not only learn but play everywhere around the world. I mean, you had that like in the late 90s, like the early, you know, Flash player. You know, remember like yeah, Yahoo yeah, Games? 
I definitely the, played those. You know, Yahoo games where you're just like, oh, you'd play chess or checkers or, you know, just those stupid flash, uh, you know, games where you could kind of connect with another person. Where now it's incredibly just well built just with the new services that are out there with like, you know, apps and yeah, you can just play on your phone. Oh yeah. I'm sure there's 50 different computer apps to play chess. Yeah. And it's just a lot faster and more responsive. And, but, but yeah, the, I think the big thing is just the whole fact that there's a complete solid online community now. Cause before, like if you wanted to go over how to learn like an opening or, you know, go over a game, you have to sit with a book and a chessboard. You have to go through every move. And then every other kind of just like different variation where just like, oh, they, if they did this, then this would, this position would be a lot better. And then you have to like reset the pieces by hand to, <laughs> to go back to where you were before. Okay. Now let's see how button. this actually went though. And it was very exhausting. It was very fucking exhausting to do that because you have to, you know, you're looking at this and you're looking at the board. But now with chess streamers, everything on YouTube, you can see like one of the biggest uh, chess YouTubers on right now is a guy. I think he's a uh, Romanian. Is uh, he goes by Agan Mator, <laughs> and okay. um, and he basically breaks down every game, and it's just great, just because you know it's all a computer screen, and he's like a little square where it's just like you see him like in the camera, and he just like he just clicks through the entire game, and it just shows and. Also, the when you play when um you use some of these uh these streamers, they use kind of arrows that click to like possible moves. So it makes oh. it a lot easier to see any variation. Just like oh, he could attack here, he could attack here, and you see arrows pop up on the board that show where all those pieces would move and what it would uh, attack or influence. Okay, so you get a lot more play by play kind so of. So the like play by play is a lot more faster. Whereas before, in the old in the ye olden days. <laughs> You'd have like maybe like a chess club or whatever organization would have like one of those like a a felt board that hangs like on a wall and they would have to like physically move like little like these paper or I don't know kind of like vinyl like pieces that they that would have pockets in there to kind of just like simulate the squares on the board and then just like you know you'd move them. That way, they'd have to go through each step by step just to show you the combination. Oof. Whereas now, because with computers and stuff, we can just go click, 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 and like this is how it would happen. That castles, castle, you know, capture, capture, blah, blah, blah. That almost sounds like it might be intimidating to watch because there's so much happening and so fast. Yeah, but actually, it it makes it much more clearer just because okay. you can kind of see where everything's at. And then you don't have to wait to kind of like reset a board. You can just, you can just one button, you can click and go back to a previous move. But I think I'm getting kind of ahead of myself. So to learn how to play chess, um, well, there's plenty of research. Like I said, there's videos on YouTube and stuff like that. But it's just a lot of the process starts with learning how each individual piece moves. Yeah. You know, like the rook, which is that little piece that looks like a castle, like a tower. The knight. Which is the horse or the horsey, as everyone loves <laughs> yeah, to call it. Yeah, the horsey. Get the like, castle yeah, and like, the horsey. Yeah. So yeah, once you learn all the different moves of the different pieces, knight, uh, rook, bishop. bishop, queen, king, and pawn, which everyone knows because just like, oh, whenever a movie, you're just like, I was just a pawn in your game. And it's just like, yeah, that's, a pawn is the, you know. Mongo. 
just pawn in game of life. <laughs> yeah, just the, the most insignificant piece. But not really. If you play your pawns well, you know, you can set up situations where, you know, you're you're in a good place. So it's all strategy. But uh, the way to kind of, yeah, the way you kind of grow is you learn through figuring out end games, which, okay, so a game of chess is divided into three segments. The opening, which is when you play the first couple moves to set up your pieces and... You know, with openings, there's certain it's it's easy because uh, a lot of a lot of the games that were played before kind of just like built the blueprint of just like how you want to start your game. So there's different openings, different ways you can start a game okay. so, and they all have different names. So that way you can figure out it's just like, oh, you want to start the game this way? It's just like, oh, this is, you know, the the Rui Lopez or the King's Gambit or the Queen's Gambit. Then there's Queen's Gambit declined, the Queen's Gambit accepted. And then different variations on those opening moves, and so that's and and so that's what so before, you know, you'd have to you know have a book, a giant book full of chess openings, that would tell you, <laughs> that would break down that's... basically the most popular moves, and then just like some of the games were just like, oh, don't do this because you end up losing because you know after a couple moves, you know, a guy can take like one of your valuable pieces or something like that. But now, now, if you want to learn an opening, there's plenty of videos on YouTube where it's just like, oh, 30 minutes. And it's just like, oh, here's the the London system. And this is how you can kind of just like screw over people because they're like, there's a lot of different traps and they can break down just like this is these are the moves you want to look out for. But if your opponent makes these moves, you can easily beat them, blah, blah, blah. And it's a lot easier to follow than having to just like spend, I don't know, like three four days going through like pages of you know yeah that sounds exhausting because you have to you have to move the board pieces on the board and then make sure okay this is what's happening this is what you're doing and then like a variation so you have to like move the pieces and then put them back to the previous position it's just a thing but now now you can watch a video and they'll just like easily like all the pieces all the arrows of just like this is what you have to watch out for this is whatever and it's great I wish I had this when I was younger, <laughs> just because uh, just learning an opening was always such just so time consuming with just having to like read a book, which I mean, like I'm not slander- <laughs> slandering reading. It's just kind yeah, of no, we, we, we support cause, reading because when you're learning from a chess book, you have to read and also move the pieces on the board and then just, you know, you have to go back and forth and... Probably helps cement it in your head, yeah, though. It helps. You have to physically yeah, do yeah, all no, that. No, it helps. Yeah, it helps because, you know, you're falling through, but it's just more time-consuming just because you have to like, okay, now if I want to go back to a previous position, I have to move all the pieces to where it was. Okay. And all that stuff. See, and this is fascinating because I only know, like like, I know what the pieces do. I've played chess many times. I don't know anything about what the opening moves should be. I don't know anything about yeah. gambits, nothing. Okay, well, just so you know, the gambit is whenever a a game has a gambit, it a gambit is where you sacrifice a piece in order to gain an advantage either positionally or later in the game. Okay. So that's why with the queen's gambit, so the queen's gambit, you push your two, like, your pawns in front of the king, the D pawns. Uh, 
Now, the reason I say dpons is because um, there's algebraic notation, which is how you write down the moves in a game. So when the game's over, you can replay your game and, you know, figure out how you did or, you know, go back and see like, oh, any mistake that you saw or maybe what worked. So algebraic notation, which is basically similar to kind of just like when we were talking about a battleship where you're just like, okay, so all the, so the squares from left to right are rows. I mean, are, are called files and it's just like they go from A to H. And then the rows that go up and down are um, the ranks. So it's like one to eight. So then you can easily figure out just like knight to a a three. Okay. It's like a knight to a four. You know what the piece that goes there and that side is. So yeah, so you learn algebraic notation in order to be able to write down your games. Now, if you're playing online, you don't have to you don't have to write it down because the you know the computer writes it down for you. Yeah, you can just play it back too. Yeah, but if you're playing someone over the board, so just like physical face to face, then yeah, writing knowing algebraic notation is important because that way you'll be able to record your games, figure out what you did wrong, figure out what you did right, maybe you okay. missed something like that. So, a gambit, you sacrifice you sacrifice a piece to get an advantage in the position. Uh, and one of the funniest things that I just in, uh, in rediscovering this chess community online is, uh, a running joke that's kind of like pervaded the whole community. It's like, it's called the Botez Gambit, which refers to a chess streamer named Alexandra Botez, who is a women's master, U.S. women's master in okay, chess. Okay, okay. And she's also a very popular streamer. She makes like a hundred grand a year just playing chess online, streaming Damn. on Twitch. Good on her. She's, she shares a channel with her sister Andrea, uh, and the, yeah, so they're just they're and they're pretty hilarious. They they're just just the dynamic that they have. Um, so do they do all the shit talking as well, or? Uh, they do, yeah, they do some shit talking. Well, cause you know, they're Twitch personalities, so it's just a lot of talking just like for their chat, you know? Okay, okay. So that's why, stuff like that. But, um, the reason they call the Gambit the Botez Gambit is cause she, like, during a game, she accidentally lost her queen. Like, she put in a square where her opponent captured the queen, and so basically she, she made a mistake. Okay. She put the, she put the queen in the square or she forgot about it and then like it got taken and then so she wanted to recover and say like don't worry chat that's that was a gambit that's the botez <laughs> gambit it's like i sacrificed my queen but don't worry you're gonna figure out it's like it's all gonna lead to my victory so that was her bluff yeah no it was just it was just a joke but it's yeah. but the joke was so funny because just like yeah you know like in the chess community no one Throws yeah. away their queen like that. <laughs> no, you would never. That's the most powerful piece. So, yeah. So, that's why the joke kind of had a life on his own. And that's why kind of she blew up. Because it was just like, oh, this is just like... Like, now now in the chess online chess community, you say a boat... You, you know, when you give up your queen, it's like, oh, it's just the Botez Gambit. Wow. <laughs> I mean, to get your name out there like that... like. You basically memed yourself. Yeah, she did. That, she memed herself. And, it and yeah, fun, it's like, yeah, she's light. been, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's pretty much one of the big top streamers in chess. She's up there with like, uh, one of the big ones right now is, uh, Hikaru Nakamura, who's a grandmaster. 
He's, I remember him back when, you know, he was 12 and just like everyone was touting him as the, like the next oh, big thing shit. in chess. And yeah, it's like, and then just to rediscover the online chess community, you know, he has like an amazing, like Twitch stream and YouTube channel where just like, yeah, they clip all this just like great, like him just like, you know, playing games and just showing off and also just having fun with like the chat. And then he also made an appearance at the, uh, at the coffee shop in oh, uh, yeah. Culver City, where they also do coffee shop chess. Okay. So, yeah. So, that was the big to-do, where it was just like, ooh, it was like a crossover of just like, you know, two big chess channels. It's funny. Like, I've seen them at that coffee shop so many times, but I've never pulled up their YouTube channel to actually I know, watch it's, it. It's actually pretty good. Uh, they show some of those chess, you know, chess hustlers out there just talking shit. And then they also have some analysis at the end. Huh? I'll have to watch it one of these days. So, okay, so you have the opening, uh-huh. which you have all the different ways to kind of start and all that. Uh, you have the middle game, which is basically where, stra- you know, strategy and tactics, just like positional play of just like improving your position, taking out pieces, and then just trying to figure out how you can like launch an attack uh, on the king. And then you have the end game. The end game is usually there's very few pieces left, and it's it's all just to like, okay, Someone has to get checkmated right here. And checkmate, for those who don't know, is like when you when you attack the king and he can't escape the attack. There's no square for him to go where he's not under attack. And that's it. Yeah, when, uh, when he is zone. under attack, that's just check. Exactly. But when he can't get away, checkmate. Yes, exactly. So, that's what I learned from Battleship. <laughs> <laughs> Battleship is such a great tool for us to learn. It's a jumping <laughs> off point. Uh, but, but yeah, no, so, and so, yeah, so when you learn how to, you know, when, after you learn how to all the pieces move, yes. uh, like, um, and then you, you get taught an opening, but usually for beginners, you don't study too much an opening. You, you pretty much learn like the King's opening, which is to, op- to push your front, the pawn in front of the King, the E pawn forward two spaces. That's usually the standard, um, opening for beginners i mean a lot of like pros still open with e4 Hmm. like it's a it's a pretty general uh opening but when you first start um you which is it might seem counterintuitive to some people but you get taught a lot of end game stuff first just because you getting to the end of the game is probably going to happen you know, and so you have to know how to checkmate. Well, and that's sense. why end game study is always like the big thing that beginners get taught because they're just like, you have to know how to checkmate because if you end up with the advantage, yeah. like, and, but don't know how to finish the game. I mean, you're just going to end up losing because, you know, you need to be, you know, find yeah, you need strategy. to know how to position yourself. Yeah, and you need to know how, like if you, like if you only had a rook and your king against the king, you'd have to know how to checkmate. And there's a whole pattern and just system on how to do all the different checkmates with either a king, I mean, a king and a rook, a king and a queen, a king and uh, two rooks, um, and then just okay. certain pawn endings where just like, okay, you have to figure out how to get your pawn to the other side so you can promote it to a to another piece yeah that's the thing also when pawns reach the other side of the board they get promoted to any piece you want except the king you can't have two kings so usually people promote it to a queen just because it's the most powerful piece um i always forget about that because my pawns never get all the way across (laughs) yeah exactly yeah that's 
And that's the thing. It's just when it comes to learning chess, again, the reason kids improve a lot faster than adults is because kids don't have that shame when they fail. Which is true in a lot of areas. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's the thing about learning chess that a lot of people find intimidating because no one wants to lose. It's a game. No one wants yeah, to lose. Yeah. Nobody a game. wants to lose. Um, and you really have to start thinking several steps ahead. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's important. It's not really but, a reactionary game. Yeah. It's a little, rea- but you have to plan. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's another thing where just like, yeah, when you start, you have to be, be ready to lose and a lot. And all the time <laughs> until eventually a lot of the stuff kicks in in your brain. Mm-hmm. You start seeing patterns. You start seeing, oh, I shouldn't do that because that's going to lead to this and that and the other. I know when I was younger, I was getting pretty good. But, that you know, before I started really playing anything for real. Yeah. Um, now I'm terrible. <laughs> I don't remember. And that's the anything. thing. Like now it's it's pretty easy. Like, uh when I started getting back into chess because of the lock, you know, the pandemic yeah. and I mean, everyone else was stuck at home. Um, there's a lot of great platforms where you can play chess online. I know like, yeah, you can't, you can't really do Yahoo and all that stuff. Yeah. That was, the, that the was my jam back in gone. the late nineties, early 2000s. We we're just like, Oh, you know, we could get the flash player and just like, yeah. Ooh, we can play online and stuff like that. Or maybe you had like a program that you have to spend an insane amount of money in order to get, like remember the old chess master sure. computer games where you have to pay like upward to $70 just to play chess, just to play chess. Like, that wasn't even guaranteed that you play online either. Now you can play chess for free on an app, like in your phone. Yeah, it's the best. On your phone, your tablet, whatever. Um, how how young were you when you first started learning chess? That is, that's that's a good segue, because, yeah, I was like, yeah, let's start with how my journey was. Um, mm. I remember the first time I saw chess was in middle school. Okay. It was a, there was a substitute teacher, I think. Was it substitute? I don't know. It was in a math class. And they, you know, this teacher just brought out like a few chess boards and just like, hey, you know, I'm teaching some of these kids how to play chess. And I didn't even know what that was. But he had a printout of a flyer where just like uh, all the different, like the basics on just like what each piece is and how it moves. Just a basic breakdown. I'm just like well, how you set up your board and all this stuff. Okay. So I remember I saved it and I read it over and over again just because I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But I was like, I didn't have a chess. I didn't even know where you could get a chess set. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where you're just like you're young and it's just like, I don't know what this is. And all yeah. And, and, you know, in the 90s, it was different than now. Now you can probably walk into a CVS yeah, you, and buy a chess You can pull board. up your phone. And it's like, what is chess? It's like, oh, this is that, whatever. It's just like, oh, here. Yeah, you can buy it online or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, like in the before, in the long, long ago, <laughs> to all my Zoomers out there, in the long, long ago, like, yeah, we didn't have many computers in our pockets where <laughs> we could just order whatever. You know, we had to go I'll, on long conversations where we just and speaking didn't of, know the answer. And speaking of ordering stuff, remember back when stuff would take weeks to show up? It's oh like, not God. just like, we didn't have this Amazon Prime, like, oh, two days, it'll get here. Like, no, you're like, when you ordered something, like, through the mail, oh, you're yeah. lucky if you got six to eight weeks, you'd get it. Yeah, and, now I can get stuff, like, the next day. Or, if you order early enough, 
You can get stuff the same day. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I I remember just fucking just every, it it felt like an eternity just to get something that you ordered through the mail. It took so long that it became that you know mystery surprise box. Yeah, that you showed forgot up. about it. And then what it just did showed I order? Up in your, it showed up in your mailbox and like what? This is for me? Someone just sent me free shit? And like oh no, this is that shit you ordered. <laughs> weeks ago Columbia. when you were a completely different person <laughs> you just go outside you're like Columbia House is sending me CDs oh th- this is what I ordered <laughs> but yeah so yeah so I learned a little bit about the game but I didn't I didn't um, kind of like catch on to it until like high school high school um I forget what class I was in where someone brought out a chess set and they're just like, oh, I'm teaching you how to play and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, it's pretty good. And then after a while, I got I got into the game and I was playing pretty well. And then a friend of mine mentioned that there was a chess club at the public library just across the street from the high school. Oh, OK, perfect. And I was just like, oh, OK, I'll go check it out. And I went one day after, like, so after class, I went there and then I met, that's where I met Robert, who was the reference librarian who um, basically ran the chess club. And yeah, it was, it, it was, it was rough going just because, yeah, you know, it's like, I was still learning, but it was just like, yeah, yeah. I wasn't good. I wasn't good. But, you know, Robert took the time to kind of just like show me the ropes and stuff like that. And I ended up being pretty good and up to the point where like you know he said like hey man you're, you're pretty good at this and he he even gifted me my own chess set oh that's a good friend yeah and it was like it was a tournament grade chess because like uh it was a vinyl board like that you roll up it's just basically stuff that you would bring to a tournament okay you know, okay like you would bring a, a vinyl board you can roll up and then these solid like hard plastic pieces that you know it was basically the same typical stuff you'd see at like uh, you know just any run of the mill chess tournament. Did it have the uh, the little clock that you slap? He, well, that's the thing. Like, well, when we hung out more and more, it's just like, oh, you know, he he got me a chess clock because it was just like, oh, so you you know learn how to play like you know com- competitively. But yeah, no, um, I got so good that it's pretty much <laughs> whenever people would show up. It just like, all right, it's like, you want to play Rudy? It's like, because like, you know, any new guy that would kind of talk shit and then just start, start, you know, messing around with some of the younger kids that were still learning. And they're just like, oh, you know, you want a challenge, you play Rudy and then we'll see if you keep talking. Nice. So I became kind of his like attack dog where I just like, just freaking <laughs> any guy talking shit. It's just like, all right, Rudy, take, take care of him. Nice. <laughs> you got to show everybody, put them in their place. Yeah. I kind of put them in their place. And then I also helped like, you know, teaching some of the younger kids who just like would show up and Good, pay it forward. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's, it's, um, while, and then while I was playing like through, like throughout high school, like one of my, one of the big opponents I would end up playing was this, um, this older gentleman named Eli. And it's just like, he, he was, he was this black guy in, uh, like around like late forties, early fifties. And, you know, he was, he was a chess hustler. He, you know, he had the mouth and he had some talent to go to back it up. Good, so, good. so it's funny. Cause it's just like, we'd have like our, 
<laughs> we'd have our rivalry kind of just like like if it was one of those animes where it's just like oh you know like the guy who's just like oh i'm gonna get you for this and then like and it's just like it'd, it'd go back and forth and stuff i still remember to this day uh one time he showed up after he was he played in a tournament and it's just like yeah man it's like i took down these three guys like freaking straight in a row just fucking just destroying them and then I beat him. Like, <laughs> I just beat him every game that night, that day. Beautiful. And it was just like, and then Robert just laughed and laughed. He was just like, he was like, "Hey man, tell me again about that tournament you won." Yeah, yeah you won all the you you you, you won. You said. Yeah, so it so it was fun, and then you know afterwards we just became good friends, you know. Just like I remember him and his wife inviting me to dinner, and then just like we just chat, and he was talking about how just like oh how are you doing in school, and you thought about which school you know schools you want to go to college and stuff like that. And yeah, we became good friends, and uh, even up to college, you know, even though my schedule was kind of a little too erratic, uh, like I still try to make time to like show up. You know, on Fridays in the chess club. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, and especially since I was commuting, I wasn't going like. I mean, well, so LMU it wasn't, wasn't in the even valley. that far. Yeah, it wasn't in the valley. You yeah, like I went to the valley. Yeah, Got I it. went to LMU, which is in Westchester, so it wasn't that far. All right, but yeah, no. And then um, I think it was after college that Robert took a position at uh, UC Davis as a librarian there, and then you know we said our goodbyes, and then he moved on. But, no, we're still friends on Facebook. Like, right now, all he does is, like, post, like, memes and shit and stuff like that. So, I mean, which is fun. I mean, it's funny. But, yeah. No, that's but, all that's left on Facebook. But, yeah. But the reason I, like, I still remember Robert just because, you know, he was he was Latino like, like me. And, yeah. you know, he was, you know, an older guy. And he, you know, his parent he, he came from immigrant parents. And oh, it was okay, just kind okay. of just a similar background where it's just like, oh, you know. It, it was, he was kind of like a mentor, but also kind of just an example, just like, cause, you know, I never kind of had anyone I can kind of model who I would be, like a type of guy I would be. Sure. Like I didn't have a kind of a role model that kind of just like looked like me. Uh, I, I mean, I still feel like I can relate to that. I mean, I'm a white guy, so like <laughs> everybody was a white guy, but I never really felt like I had that in real life where I was like, that's the guy that I want to be like that guy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just, you know, he, you know, he got me into like graphic novels sure. and anime. I mean, and you know, just, it's, it's kind of just like, like any, like there was very, it was very rare to have like an adult that kind of shared kind of interest that i had yeah it, it is a rare thing and it's like because yeah because most of the adults are just like you know they're just like you're a kid fucking just do your job and you know get educated yeah. and don't be dumb and don't be an idiot and, and get out of and, my way and you know stop complaining productive about and blah 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 and you know it was just great kind of just like you know okay this is a guy i could kind of just like oh okay you know someone i can be like and it was just, you know, someone from my background who kind of just like fit in, you know, in America. I guess. Yeah, in the Cause, world. Because, yeah, because, you know, you're as, you know, like a son of immigrants. It's sure. kind of hard to like define your identity in a country where you're just kind of like straddling the middle of just like between two different cultures. And so that's where kind of like Robert would kind of like provided that brute. That's good. For. And so that's why. Yeah. So shout out to Robert, man. 
Like, if he's listening, I should hit him up and tell him, like, hey, man, I'm going to mention you in this podcast. So, I mean, we talked all kinds of trash about you, about how terrible your chess game was. (laughs) Don't worry. There's like, it's, it's very minimal audience. So it's like, whatever, (laughs) but you can still get ahead of it. But yeah, but yeah. But your name is being immortalized in this digital file. Yeah. (laughs) In this digital file. Yeah, shout out. Actually, if anything, you probably said like, "Why do you call me Robert? You know, you can call me Roberto. It's <laughs> like it's Roberto, but yeah, Roberto, whatever, Roberto." So shout out to him. It's like he he's still up there in Davis. So so like, I don't know. Like maybe I should. Like, I don't know. Like once I um, you should start once up a- this pandemic thing kind of calms down a little bit. Maybe see if like maybe pay him a visit up there. Yeah. In the meantime, you should uh, try to get him on one of these apps and get some chess games going with him. Speaking of the apps, yes, there's plenty of great apps now. Um, I started playing on Lee Chess, L-I Chess. Um, there's also Chess.com. There's also Spark Chess, I think is another one I think I heard of. Chess Base is also another one. Um, but yeah, no, those are great to play. Um, I like Lee Chess. It's, uh, I mean, the thing, most of them are free. So, but, but yeah, I like Lee Chess because of just the spontaneity of just like, they have dedicated buttons where they're just like, all right, what kind of type of game are you playing? You're playing classical chess. You're going to play blitz. You're going to play rapid chess, bullet chess. Um, I'm installing it right now. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, like, and they also have like a, a puzzle segment. So they're just like, okay, you know, black to move and, you know, win or white to move. And it's like, you know, you just find the best move in that situation, which is also a great way to kind of just like build your strategy and tactics yeah. when playing the game. Um, I'm going to study up on this and my goal is to beat you. <laughs> good, good. There's plenty of, there's plenty of resources like, I remember growing up, uh, one of the most famous books on chess was called How to Beat Your Dad at Chess. Nice. That's, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, there's also Bobby Fischer Teaches Chess, which is a lot of just the same, um, you know, figuring out like, a, like you, you're given a position and you figure out like what the best move in that position is. Because um, a lot of it is memorization or just yeah. like, not not like memorizing specific moves, but just memorizing certain patterns and it's just like okay if this you know if the king and this piece are here then this is what you want to do and then just sort of figuring it out and um and then also just the different types of game like in the beginning you're going to play classical chess which is just basically you know no time limit well yeah. classical chess is like there is a time limit like 60 minutes plus um that's plenty you know, of time plus after 40 moves you get an extra 30 minutes but again, that's like when you play high level chess. I mean, well, regular chess. I mean, if you play in a tournament, that's usually how it goes. But most of them have a smaller time set. Like usually classical chess is more reserved. Like, you know, if you have like a championship games or world championship games or just any game where it's just like, okay, you have you have a certain amount of ranking and, you know, you're playing for like first place or stuff like that. Okay, okay. Okay, because those games could... Because, yeah, if every game was a classical game, you'd be playing forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most of the time, you'll be playing rapid chess, which is more like 15 minutes. No, not 15 minutes. Is it 15? No, I think it's 15 minutes. And that's the one where everybody's slapping the, the no, clock? No, no, no. That's blitz chess. Blitz, blitz okay. chess is like 10 minutes. No, wait. I'm trying to remember which one is which. 
No, I think rapid is. I mean, we can look this up. <laughs> See, this is the thing compared to like back in the old and old days where in the 90s, if you had this question, that was just unfortunate. We would never have the answer. But since we have the supercomputer in our pocket. Yeah, no, it's okay. We'll just look it up. Yeah, rapid minutes was like 15 minutes. Um, and then blitz chess is like around 10 to two minutes. Bullet chess is one minute. One minute? Yeah. You have, yeah, one minute on the clock. And usually they'll give you a thing where it's just like, okay, after when it's, they'll add an extra like two seconds when so it gets back to your turn. What happens if at the end of the minute or two, there's no winner? The person who runs out of time loses. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, which is basically being called flagged. And the reason they call it flagged is because... It, you know, back in the old, in the old days, before we had digital clocks, it's just like you'd have like regular standard clocks. And then by the time they hit 12, the little flag that gets held up by the, uh, by the minute hand mm-hmm. will drop. Oh, okay. okay. So that's why that's what, that's, that's where flagged comes from. Creative. Cause it was just a little flag. And then just like the one that drops, that's it. You're done. Once it drops. That's so funny. It's like, I, I know I've seen that before. And I've never thought about that in 20 years. <laughs> like, I forgot that was a thing. I, but I can totally remember that. Yeah. yeah but there, yeah, it's like, yeah, no, some, like, again, like some of those grandmasters we were talking about, like, uh, Hikaru Nakamura, and then the current world chess champion, Magnus Carlsen, who also is online. You can, I think he also has an app called, like, Magnus Chess, where you can, like, learn how to play from, you know, Magnus Carlsen. And yeah, they'll play one minute games and they can pre-move. That's another thing that, you know, because of online chess now, because the computers are a lot better, you can preset a move. So let's say, you know, that person's going to capture that piece. You can preset the move where the, your other piece will capture that piece and then it'll just happen instantaneously. Oh, damn. So, and then one of the, one of the great videos you'll see is like grandmasters, like pre-moving entire games. Well, they'll have presets going and going and going. And they're just like, all right, we know this is going to happen. And then this and this. And then you'll, if that move happens, you'll see it goes like, and then just like that. And then it's just like, it's their turn again or something like that. But if that move doesn't happen, all those presets are gone because they went, because the, the opponent went a different move. See, that's why it'd be fun for me to play them because as an idiot, I would be the wild card after all. They're like, oh, he would obviously make this move. Like, no, I wouldn't. I'm not smart enough. <laughs> but yeah, but that's the thing. So yeah, uh, so yeah, so a lot of like rapid and bullet chess, uh, like you know, is pretty popular all right. online just because it's a lot of just like, okay, I I know he's gonna do this, so blah blah blah, and then just like, and then just see if that happens. Okay. But but yeah, no, mostly uh, rapid chess is kind of just where it's at, like. For me, like 15 minutes is a pretty good buffer. It's like it's not too long, but it's not too short either. You have enough yeah. time to think, but don't spend too much time thinking because then it just uh, you're going to run out of time to no, do whatever sense. you're doing. I feel like generally speaking, like my chess games back in the day would have been like 30 minutes. <laughs> like just and then I would either lose or win. You um, could also yeah, 30, 30 but, uh, minute games is pretty standard. I could see fifteen minutes 15 working minutes pretty is, well. Yeah, fifteen minutes works pretty well. But um yeah, no. I and I remember back in the day when uh correspondence chess was a thing where you would 
take a you would buy a postcard, oh. write your move, and then mail it, and then the other person would just like, oh, or like get the postcard or open the letter and just like ah oh, motherfucker, it's like <laughs> I knew he was gonna do that. <laughs> Those are like those really long games that yeah, take months. Yeah, back in the day when, you know, you had a pen pal or something and you wanted to play chess and then like, all right. And it's like, here you go. Boom. And then mail it. Or like, you know, if I remember uh, there was a there was a big community of people who would like play chess with like prisoners. No, oh, OK. You know, people in prison and they're just like, oh, you know, you play correspondence chess and you're just like, all right, you mail your move and there you go. And it's just kind of just. I mean, it, hmm. your mileage varied because, like, some prisons were pretty stern about it because they thought, like, oh, you're sending hidden messages. It's just <laughs> like, oh, well, I mean, you could, but most of the time it was just like prisoners just like, we're just bored and we just. I'm sure they are. <clears throat> Nothing quite as boring as prison, I'm sure. But yeah, but that, yeah, but that's the thing is like now, like, yeah, um, correspondence chess isn't pretty much a thing, you know, because everyone's online now. So, you know. It's it's yeah. pretty easy to just like, you know, follow, you know, just any friend or you just make a friend from across the world who's just like also playing chess and just like, boom, there you go. See, I, so when I was a child, we had like a, a regular chess board, but we also had a giant mat chess board with like large pieces. Oh, you had the big outdoor set? Yeah. Well, it wasn't even an outdoor set. It was like a, cause the, the mat was like a carpet. So it was something we would set up in the living room. It was something my dad would pull out. uh, So I learned chess when I was, I don't know, like four or five, like real young. Not that I ever got good at it, but that was, I think that was most of my chess playing was up until (laughs) I was like maybe 10. And then I fell off and just nobody ever really wanted to play chess. Yeah. No, I like, yeah. Well, when I was, when I started playing, you know, at the library and then my brother also started playing and then like my sister would play just because like oh we wanted to teach someone like i yeah. want to teach someone else so we could all play and so um at the end of the day i was still just like the best out of the three of us but you know like my brother still like i don't know if they still know i don't know but like shit i like my skills are you know okay at best like i'm not i don't think i was i'm at what i used to be but it's one of those things where because of the pandemic, I was just like, I should probably revisit to kind of just, you know, get yeah. back to it. And uh, and that's Revitalize. the thing. It's like, there's no excuse because, like I said, there's plenty of apps. I can pick up my phone right now and start playing with someone somewhere. Or hell, I can even play against the computer. And computers have gotten pretty good. I remember... Growing up in the 90s when it was such a big deal that IBM had a chess playing computer and it was the big face off between him and the the world chess champion at the time, Gary Kasparov. Yeah, I and remember that was a big event. That was a big event. And when Kasparov had to resign because the computer had him beat and it was just and it was just that meaning of just like, oh, you know, like I can't bluff a computer, <laughs> a computer. I can't scare a computer into making the wrong move. Yeah, that's why like games like uh, online poker can be rough. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I remember a lot of people predicted, oh, this might be the end of chess. That like, oh, computers have every like they'll know every move, and it turns out no, not really. Uh, in in fact, um, computers actually have helped people come up with different just different openings and some openings that people wouldn't have tried before 
because they're oh. just like, oh, that's ridiculous. Computers have actually revitalized because just uh, oh, good. there's okay. different ways you can start a game. And that's why you see, you know, different grandmasters trying different, you know, opening tactics or op- different openings that before, like, you know, 20 years ago, you've been like, nobody plays like this. Yeah. Who plays like this? And at some point you like, you go, okay, I know all the things that we do. Let's try all the things we don't normally do. And, you know, you throw stuff at a wall, see what sticks. I get it. Yeah. So, and in fact, speaking of computers that are, that are uh, just outpacing humanity one of the big uh one of the big developments was a an ai called alpha zero which i think zero yeah i think google was behind it so basically they created a an ai that taught itself how to play chess and they just left them alone left it alone oh shit that's gonna come back and and bite us in the ass and that's the thing Alpha Zero has gained an incredible knowledge of chess just by playing itself. That it's actually outpaced all of the different, like you know, chess programs that we've created to kind of just like to play against it. And that's the thing: it's like Alpha Zero doesn't play like a conservative game. It like it plays wild moves that you know when people look back, they're just like, oh shit, that, like. I didn't even see that move. And I mean, if the end of the world comes because of a chess playing AI, okay, we deserve it. We deserve it. But yeah, no, it's, um, but it's, it's actually, like I said, it's revitalized it just because, you know, computers found a new way to kind of play the game or just like in certain openings. Like that's actually really impressive because you tend to think of computers only doing the certain things over and over again and not yeah. helping the creativity. Yeah, because before uh, chess computers worked where you just fed it like thousands and thousands of chess games, it would analyze it and then just like, all right, now when you played it, it just went off that, you know, that database of yeah. games that is Simple played. input, output. Alpha Zero goes off of, okay, you taught me all the moves and then I just played myself for millions of games and then now I can play and I'm just demolishing people. <laughs> that's wild. But it's, but, you know, that's the thing. It's like computers have kind of grown in tandem with people. So it's not that like a computer is better than you. It's just like a computer can find different moves that you didn't see at the moment. And it can actually help train your game. No, oh, okay, okay. So that's actually kind of just like what's really exciting. It's just like it rather than stifle the game and just like, oh, why even bother? It turns out, oh, there's new stuff we can learn and we can kind of adapt to our games. And there's different openings that like, yeah, you're just trying out. In fact, <laughs> when I was speaking about different openings that people try out, one of the new ones that started as a joke opening, <laughs> it's just like it's gotten a lot of clout in like in the chess community when people play it. The opening is called the Bong Cloud. <laughs> okay. Okay, and it starts off with E4, which is basically the the pawn in front of the king. You push two spaces, and okay. then whatever the reply of your opponent, your next move is to move the king forward one square. Which is basically, if you yeah, learn anything from chess, it's like you don't do that ever. You don't ever do that. So, yeah, I- so the joke being that. You'd have to be high to play that move. You really would. So that's why it, it became known as the Bong Cloud. 
And the most famous occurrence of the Bond cloud was when uh, Magnus Carlsen and Hikaru Nakamura played the Bond cloud <laughs> against each other. But that's the thing. There's a rule in chess that if you repeat the same move three times, the game is a draw. So they basically played E4, E5, moved the king forward. And then the other guy, and then Magnus moved his king forward, and they just moved the king back, moved the king back. They repeated that move three times and called it a draw. And oh, chess commentators were like, "Wait, did they? Did they just? Did they just draw with the bong cloud?" <laughs> and they're just like, I mean, "That's kind of funny." Shit, but that's kind of drew with the bong cloud. <laughs> that's funny, but like, I, I feel like they didn't play it with sincerity. I want to see a chess master well, play that with sincerity. Well, cuz I cuz the position they were in, they were just like they didn't need they didn't they were going to draw this game just to play a di- like different opponents where they would actually like play for a win. Cuz okay. in tournament play, you can advance like most most of the wins that you get are very rare. It's like most of the most of the high level games you end up playing is like you you draw and then just like the wins are to determine who's going to advance. Got it. Because, Got it. you know, most grandmasters is like they like unless they get an edge on the other one, it's like it's probably going to end up a draw. Yeah. And so that's why some grandmasters, they're just like instead of like playing this game and they're just like maybe it'll be a draw. Like they'll probably want to draw now so that they can play tiebreakers, which is usually instead of a classic format, it'll be more of a rapid or a blitz format. So usually they're kind of just like, okay, we can play a blitz. Some grandmasters are better at playing blitz games. And then mm-hmm. there's also, oh, there's also, um, to break ties, there's also a format called Armageddon chess. And Ooh. Armageddon chess is um, the white player, the, the player that plays the white pieces gets, I think, two minutes on the clock and wait, I'm trying to remember because there was a time differential, but I'm trying to remember which one gets the less amount of time. I think white gets a less, less time than black. Black gets more time on this clock, but black has to win the game because they have the time advantage. If they draw white wins the game. Hmm. I mean, there's so many different types of games yeah. of chess. This is wild. Yeah. So, so yeah. But, um, so it's just, it's, it's just, um, it's, we're in a position where, you know, there's just so much great resources out there to, you know, learn chess. Uh, especially, like I said, um, for a beginner, I would su- definitely suggest Agan Mator as the ch- the guy you'd go with chess because he basically takes a very straightforward, just breakdown of the game. He goes through every move and not like break down every move, but just like he plays the game. And then at certain points of the game, they'll tell you, okay, if they did this, they can, you know, this would be what would happen, like an interesting line. And they would show like, you don't want to do this because then, you know, X and X leads to that. So I now would, now I would can I do that in like a ha- like an afternoon or is this? No, like- no, 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 they, no. These game, these videos last probably like around like, nine to 14 minutes some some of them might end up being 20 minutes or 24 minutes but nothing like these games don't go like 40 50 minutes like this is just like one game like usually like in a tournament played by grandmasters and he just does a simple breakdown so yeah so yeah some of them just last between 10 to 15 minutes 
So you'll see that video and then it goes through it. And it's just a great primer just to like for beginners to just like they don't know all the depth yet. Uh, but so he'll he like you still have to know a lot about like like how to play the game or at least and you know so basically not a novice like yeah you, yeah. Know, you have to at least have played a couple games in order to kind of get it but that's just true of any beginner that's true like, once you played a couple games then you kind of get the flow of the game yeah. and then this guy is great there's also another guy on YouTube called um called Gotham Chess it's Levi um I forget what his last name is. Uh, he's based in New York and he's great just cause like he's a great personality. He's just, like, he just, he's funny and, and he takes a more kind of just, uh, not nuanced, but, um, it's just more of a generic, like he won't break down every single move. He's more about telling a story about like, okay, this is where his strategy is going and all this stuff. So he'll skip ahead some of the moves and then he'll stop and it's like, this is the important thing and blah, blah, blah. And like, sometimes he'll make like little jokes or right. jokey stuff about this. And so that's, that's kind of just like more of like a, not a beginner, but like a little more intermediate. Like after you've played a couple more games, okay. you're a little more solid with your openings. But that's um, the other thing. It's really nice to know that there's, yeah. there's trash talking and these jokes and that there's, you know, just all this fun going on because I feel like for a lot of people, when you think of chess, you think of like a very silent, solemn, just quiet, serious, and stern people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, that was, that's the thing where people thought like, oh, that's how tournaments are. But that's like, you know, that's if you're like high level and stuff like that. But I mean, most of the tournaments you go to, it's just like, you know, kids learning out, you know, just starting out. Or just people are just like, oh, I just want to learn how to play. And it's just like a lot of stuff. It's See, just, that's who I want to take on. I want I want to just go destroy a bunch of kids. Well, it depends, man. You pick the wrong little kid. It's like they're gonna make you look like a fool because because that's the thing. Kids are good. It's like everyone like you can't just assume that a kid is like gonna be like oh they don't know what they're doing because no no that's how you end up losing because that where do you think these future grandmasters come from? They come from kids who like were like ten. Or nine, and they're just cleaning the clock out of anybody who just like, oh, they <laughs> think they know whatever and blah, blah, blah. It's like, so that's, um, but yeah, no, you also want to check out like the Botez sisters, Andrea and Alexandra. They're, they're on Twitch, but they also have a channel on YouTube called Botez Live. And okay. they also like, they also do some breakdowns of just like openings and like basics of chess. I think and Andrea does a lot of that. It's just like the younger sister. Um, but yeah, there's lots of great just resources just online where, you know, you it's straightforward. You see it on the screen. It's a lot easier to grasp. I mean, books are also great, too. Uh, but books are just at the same great. time, it's just like just the fact that, you know, everyone has a phone. Everyone yeah. has, a, yeah. you know, a laptop and a, or a tablet or whatever. And you can just, you know, the resources are there. You can play online. You can watch online. It's and it's it's a game that if you pour enough effort into, it's just it's not only a great you know way to meet people, and you know just just shoot the shit. It's it's a great icebreaker, especially you know you meet someone who plays the game and it's just like, oh man, this is just great. You just hang out and play. You can play with a stranger and they're just like, it's just a great time. Just I that. will say, speed chess sounds a lot better than speed dating. 
<laughs> yeah, at least when the buzzer's over, it's like, okay, something was accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> no one is running out the clock. They're just like, ugh, you know. We're, we're both, everyone's trying for something. But yeah, no, I'm... All right. I, I'm trying to get back into it. And it's and if you're trying to get into chess, I know everyone's just like, oh, it's intimidating. And you have to have like you have to be a genius because everyone thinks like, oh, you know, it's like uh, Einstein and all these great thinkers play chess. Yeah, it like, really comes off as like that big cerebral kind of game. Yeah, but which no. it kind of is. But it's look, let me put it this way. Uh, one of the big trends I also saw is like this thing called Pog Champs, which is where they basically get um, YouTubers to play chess and they're usually okay. paired off with a group with a grandmaster to train them and Ooh. they get them to play so yeah you've seen like pog champs where just like you have youtubers like mr beast and uh like any youtubers from like japan and stuff like that like uh connor and um joey the anime man and i think pokimane is also like a big in, like it learns chess also so it's just these people who are just learning and you can watch these games and there's actual drama because like the grandmasters who are commenting they're just like, I don't know what they're going to do. I trained them <laughs> to do this. Hopefully they see it. And it's just like the tension is just like a high stakes chess game because you don't know what this kid or what this guy is going to do. Because even though you trained them, it's like they're still playing and you don't know what they're you don't know what's going to happen. I, I think wanna... Rain Wilson was also one of the pod champs and he almost had a win or something. They're just like, I think he's missing it. Oh my God. See, that's what I do kind of want to watch. Like a couple like uh higher ranking chess masters watching like novices play and talking shit over <laughs> it. Not to them during the game, but like commenting. Yeah. And it's just funny to watch because they see them just like, oh shit, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so that's, so just think of it that way. Like, you know, if you're just beginning, don't worry. Everyone's a beginner and everyone, like, you'll have fun. Don't worry about losing. You're going to lose the first 150 to 200 games of chess you're going to pull, you start playing. But, in those losses, you will, you know, gain experience. You'll learn, you'll get better at it, and if you pour more effort into it, you're going to become someone that can hold their own in chess. And that's kind of the best feeling. It's just like, oh, you know, I didn't meet this person, but I heard so much about it, and like, and I beat them. And rather than make an enemy, you make a friend. Yeah, that's great. So... Yeah, no, it's a great journey, and it's a great game, and plus, like, chess that's always look cool on a table. You know, just like, you know, you can always intimidate someone, like, oh, they know how to play chess? Oh, shit, they're yeah. probably very smart. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's make sure you have uh, a lot of books on your bookshelf and a chess board on the coffee yeah, table. Yeah, just impress your lady, you know, guys impress the ladies. Just like, oh, yes, I am a man of culture. <laughs> ladies, intimidate your man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see if he, like, see, you challenge him with that shit. If he's like, if he's scared, because like, oh, you know how to play chess. Oh, I'm sorry that he's scared of a woman who can think for herself. Now you know to walk away. <laughs> he's not worth yeah, it. Yeah, he's not worth it. Yeah, it's like if if a, if you bring a guy and he sees a chess set, he's like, whoa, 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 I didn't know you were like that, rather than have the right reaction, which is like, oh, you know how to play chess? Let's play a couple games. Yeah. That's the right reaction. 
Any guy who's willing to lose is worth keeping. <laughs> it, I think there's logic it, in that. It, it sounded cooler in your head, I guess. <laughs> sounded really cool in my head. All right, man. I think <laughs> I think we got enough uh, for the podcast. Hopefully, yeah, everyone oh, enjoyed plenty. this one. I think. Um, but yeah, no, get a, get out on that board, play a game it. And if, uh, the lady or guy you meet like lives all the way, hell, the fuck all the way in like Apple Valley or the IE, they're just like, yeah, just hit me up on, uh, online chess or something. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There you go. (laughs) Come on out to the West side. We have more fun. Oh my God. We have better weather. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like some people in Silver Lake are just like, I'm not going to go to the fucking West side. Are you fucking kidding me? That takes forever. Like, go on the 405. No, thank you. (laughs) I get it. That's why I don't go to Silver Lake. (laughs) I I like Silver Lake. I like Echo Park. I'm not going out there. Nope. They have some cool bars out there too, though. But I mean, now, but on the West side, we have more open areas where you can just. (laughs) I know. And the weather is always great. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's not, it's, even though it's hot, it's not as hot as inland. It's never like 120 degrees. Oh my God. Uh, Okay, yeah, we got to end this podcast before I start sweating. (laughs) (laughs) Just thinking of that hell. All right, Tyler, I think we can wrap this up. Um, So, oh, um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, any anything you want to add, uh, you can contact us at uh, to live and try in LA podcast at gmail.com. If uh, you got a chess game app and you want to throw down against us, uh, yeah, I'll I'll post my handle. I I mean I I I'll guess I'll hey, have to, hit us up on the social media. We will respond. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're on um, Instagram is to live and try in LA podcast, and Twitter is to live and try pod. I need to update the Twitter one more. Um, I, I keep focusing on Insta and I keep forgetting about Twitter. Sorry no, about that. Instagram is where it's at. <clears throat> Not, no, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Everybody's on Twitter, but there's so many people on Twitter. Nobody's on Twitter. Nah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think you can break, break out more easily on Twitter than on Insta. I don't know. I we'll mean, see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's been Rudy and, uh, Spin Tyler. All right. We'll see you next week. Later, everybody.